I've never been a consumer. I rather put shit out, you know? Um, and that's more my, my juice. Hey, streamers and dreamers. My name is Otto Kent, and you're listening to The Week by Telecom Electronic Beats. It's Thursday, June 22nd, and this is your weekly update on music, culture, and what's next. For which artists would you immediately drop everything if you got the notification that they were going live? For me, it's Tyler the Creator and definitely Arca. But when I think of people going live on Instagram, the first one that comes to mind is Doja Cat the queen of Insta Lives. Last week, she released her newest single called Attention, a track she had teased on a live and which lyrically references the negative feedback she's been getting from haters for shaving off her hair and eyebrows while she was on a live, and most recently for sharing the process of her new tattoos. Time will tell if Attention is coming off of her new LP, but she did just tease some new song snippets from her upcoming album when she was live. And uh, one of these... Okay, and then one of these. And that's it. I swear to God, that's the whole album. That is the whole fucking album, except you didn't get to hear the whole thing. It just gave you snippets. So not everyone was so convinced she was being sincere. Some people speculated that the snippets were just random beats from YouTube. And some fans said that they heard ads somewhere from YouTube in between. And well, it just sounded entirely different from all the other Doja stuff. So let's just say this wouldn't be the first time for Doja trolling around on social media, which I love. One of my favorite Doja social pranks was when she invited her fans to join her on Instagram Live, but only for a silent staring contest. For minutes at a time, superfans could finally be one-on-one with their favorite artist, but could only speak to her using facial expressions. It was so good. Doge is just one example of how going live has changed the way artists promote their music and interact with their fans in a very personal, unfiltered way. They often give intimate looks into their private lives and spaces on these streams, like when Tyler, the creator, went live the other day for less than a minute just to show us that he had beat Daniel Caesar in a chess game in his, like, gorgeous home. The thrill for many people is that you just have to be there at the exact moment. Sure, most of the time some fan records the live stream and uploads it, but watching live streams afterwards is just not the same. So why are lives so entertaining? And when did this become such an essential new way for artists to interact with their fans? That's just what we're going to dive into today. And of course, it's not going to just be me. I'm joined by someone I consider to be a master of the live and arguably my favorite creator and queer performance artist on the net right now. It's none other than Berlin's own Die Hübsche. They are a household name for young Germans and quickly becoming a queer icon. Die Hübsche has harnessed platforms like TikTok and Instagram to build a world entirely of their own that is campy, political, and always fashionable. In my social circles, they really need no introduction. Hello. Hello. We have the notorious Die Hübsche right. in, in the flesh. In the right flesh. Here. By God. My God. Got some cool sessions. My God. <laughs> okay. We're here to talk about going live on TikTok and Instagram or even Twitch. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited to start by telling you about one of my favorite moments from a recent live that you did. 
Right. That I even recorded a little bit on my phone and clipped <laughs> and put up because really? I, I was just like, oh, this is too good. <laughs> so maybe you could de- debunk it for us if you remember. <laughs> it was you with two dudes. I don't know. I'm, I don't know a ton about social in Germany, mm-hmm. like especially dudes in social in Germany. And there's two dudes and one of them was like singing a little song about you. And you were like um, dancing to the music and then he just started laughing uncontrollably because it was Mm. such a ridiculous situation. But I had been in the live long enough to know Mm -hmm. that he was laughing just because the whole thing was really funny. But then you paused Mm -hmm. and you just stared Mm -hmm. because he was laughing. And then the other host was like, what are you laughing at? What's so funny? Get it out. Get it out. And I was thinking to myself, how hilarious and weird would it be? How controversial would it be if you came into the live and just saw this dude laughing at Dehubsha and you being kind of shocked? And that's when I started to record and put it. I was like, this is scandal. Out of context, it kind of looked like he was being rude, but it was actually just really funny what was going on before. Yes, definitely. Do you remember? I do remember the situation, yes. Yes, when you further elaborate it, um, it was a funny, very funny situation because I I love to dance and I love to dance in like a not um, let's say like normal way, and that's what what gags them the most, you know, when they don't expect a certain thing, and the way that I dress, the way that I have makeup on my face, so um, yeah, it's just very much fun to just dance to when people actually sing instead of playback. Right. Yes. I I find you to have this like natural performer element to you. And especially with the staring moment that makes mm-hmm. everyone laugh or like gags the girls like me. Was this something that you like studied? Are you a musical theater kid or is is this just in your blood? I would say it's just in my blood. I always wanted to do that. I always wanted to be in the public eye, you know, um, be a performer and so on. So I think it's just natural to me. Do you have any um, inspirations for like other influencers, other musicians, other artists that influence some of these like mannerisms and like style that you bring to your lives? Well, definitely Terry Joe. I don't know if you know her. Of course. Uh, she's so funny. She's exactly my humor. We are Terry Joe super fans. I just love Terry Joe because the way that she puts her humor out, you know what I mean? And that would never work in Germany because people in Germany are too sensitive for that and they want to be they want to be held, you know, they want to be sugar-coated. They want to get compliments, but in the US it's totally different. Interesting. I love hearing that take and I and I also you know, one of the reasons why I wanted to introduce you into our segment about talking about lives and artists and um, why it's become so special mm-hmm. recently for this crossbreed of like going live and like promoting something that you're working on, like Doja Cat mm-hmm. teased some of these songs that might be coming out only on a live. Mm. But then there's also instances where she is really vulnerable and then something happens in the live and she has to like cut it off really quickly. Like, Mm -hmm. for example, her boyfriend like came into the frame by accident and called her babe. And it was like too much information that she wasn't expecting. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious if 
you doing so many lives um, as a part of your character, if you've learned or had uh, instances where you've realized like, oh, from now on, I can't do this, like this isn't safe, or from now on, like this is too much information for my audience. Well, definitely when it comes to private details, right? Um, for example, where you live, you have to be careful what you show in your room. I also thought about a green screen, um, but that doesn't look lovely. You know what I mean? Um, that definitely I have to be careful when friends are close, what they're going to spill, what they're going to say. I cannot be that vulgar on live because I'm, I love to be vulgar in private. And that part I have to hold back. But that's also OK. That's also fine. Um, yeah, those kind of things in specific I have to really keep in mind. Have you witnessed or yourself had an, a moment on a live that was too much? Um, I don't think so. No, Flawless. luckily not. <laughs> yes, but I'm also like very often banned for no reason. So TikTok, if you listen to this, um, I want my account back. Um, but no, yeah, it's been flawless actually. Okay, so let's talk about a little bit of getting banned. <laughs> <laughs> so there's all these like elements of going live. You can get right. tipped. Right. You, yes. Mm -hmm. You can go have battles. Yes. And then now I'm curious, like, is it is are you more likely to get banned if you do a lot of live? Uh, I don't think so necessarily. No, um, I especially think that um, non-white queer femme bodies have it uh, way more like have way more difficulties than other bodies. Um and that's what I experienced so far. And I've been banned like a couple of times already. In my opinion, unrightfully, that's a word. Mm, and nothing just happens out of that, you know. And it can be really frustrating if that happens like very often. And that's so sad because I really have so much fun doing those live streams. And I see people watching me and talking to me on the streets and saying like, oh my God, I really enjoy your lives. And they give me so much energy um, when I can't sleep at night. I have to watch them. They're so addicting and so on. So I would really love to do more of those, but I cannot because, you know, I am being blocked. Not on Pride Month. Right? She's in her blocked era. She is. All right, come on, TikTok. For a month now. I, I, I think that's really interesting to hear that people are even like watching your lives when they're having trouble sleeping. Yes. And what do you think it is about lives, especially like you're a fan of music. Mm -hmm. Are there any lives that you, when you see a notification on Instagram or TikTok, you're like, I'm joining. For myself, no, <laughs> because I'm, I've, I'm also, I've never been a consumer okay. of that much of a consumer. Okay. I rather put shit out. You know, um, and that's more my my juice. Well, for me, I, I've always been a music fan mm -hmm. and I really enjoy the story around artists. Mm -hmm. And what I've been drawn to so much by Insta Lives and the like is there are these moments that get so vulnerable with an mm -hmm. artist, even just the silence. Like when Nicki Minaj is staring at her comments mm -hmm. on a live, like she's just staring yeah. and it's so rare that you even get to just hang out with an artist 
and they're not saying anything scripted and they're not singing and they're not selling you something. Mm -hmm. They're just staring at the comments and there's something really exciting about that. No, you're right, actually, because people like especially people that are, you know, stars, famous, whatever, they always have the feeling of having to um, say something, do something funny or interesting. And yeah, now that you mention it, definitely it's true. I'd love to talk about um, your fans and going live mm -hmm. and if there are uh, things that you have developed in your lives for your fans. Like we were talking earlier about how you will stop and just stare mm -hmm. into the camera. And for me as a queer person, it's often that moment where I feel connected to you, even if there are straight people around, mm -hmm. because I can tell that something might have happened that you just were like not liking. So you're using your like fabulous queer campy self to kind of like clear the air in the room. Mm -hmm. And I, you don't really do that in your TikToks or your, you know, you can't do that in your photos. Exactly. Yeah. It's just a live thing. It is a live thing that has developed. Uh, and I, I really love my, uh, my viewers for that because they also give me so much inspiration and tips and they are kind of like my second brain because what, Often when I go live with somebody, I don't remember them because, you know, they're forgettable often. And then my people help me to uh, remind me where I know them from. And that's what I love so much, you know, that you just can rely on people sometimes that you have never seen maybe. Wow. Yes. Oh, mm -hmm. your backup. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. I'm very proud of the people that watch me. Do you, does your fan base have a name? Um, not really, no. They're just my babes, you know. Oh, the babes, <laughs> the babes. I would also, I'm curious about whether or not you've been contacted by any musicians or celebrities <laughs> to be on a live. You, may, you don't have to say their names if you're under contract. Um, no, I have not been contacted. Uh, I think you're, uh, you're talking about the, the music choreos. Yes. On TikTok, probably, yes. Um, no, I haven't yet been contacted, but I would love to do that, you know, do choreos for a little bit of TikTok sounds or videos. That's kind of wild. It is. We just started as a group of friends and we were like, okay, what, what, because this song, Du liebst mich nicht by Adokoyo and Shireen David, uh, we used to listen to so often. And one day we were like, oh my God, let's do a dance to that shit because I hate lip syncing. I hate dances. But if I do it, I do the choreo on my own. I love it, of course, because it's mine. And then we just started on the streets. And ever since we've been having fun doing that. Have you ever done it on a live? Um, yes. Yes, with friends too. Mm -hmm. So like kind of like a dance class or just doing it for other people practicing? Um, well, I went live with somebody and he was already gagged at my appearance. So uh, we thought like, let's just do a dance, you know, let's just perform something for him so he can be gagged even more. <laughs> okay, so for listeners, explain why when you bring someone into your live, it can be a surprise because not everyone maybe understands how that works. Mm -hmm. So that only works on TikTok so far, um, that you can match with random people um, that are not in your bubble at all, right? When you go live on Instagram, it's your community and they're all, um, let's say, peaceful or whatever. And on TikTok, um, you meet people that you would not talk to in real life. And that's what I enjoy and love so much. I mean, sometimes they insult you like 70% of the time, but 30% of the 
people are actually kind of cute or nice if you get to know them. And I just love to play with that with that um, meeting, you know, them getting to know me and me getting to know them. That is like playing with fire, maybe. Well, I know you're the most um, popular person in my world <laughs> on TikTok, but if you had a top three people who you clicked the button to let someone join your live, mm -hmm. what are the top three people that you would be most excited about or even most excited to clown on in, in one of your lives? Like famous people, you mean? Yeah, could be a friend too. You have famous friends. Well, a hundred percent, Terry Joe. <clears throat> nice. Um, yes. You hear that, Terry? <laughs> Other than that, I um, I have to pass <gasps> to be yes, because I'm iconic. I'm not really no, no. Because the, the one thing I don't like to be is be nice. You know, be like, oh, hey, I really love you and so on. That's what I don't like. I like to get into it. I like to get dirty. I like to play around, test, um, test people. Here's the, the kicker mm -hmm. that everybody wants to know. Mm -hmm. Is Dehoopsha going to be making music? <laughs> I actually thought about making music, but then I thought to myself like, mm, okay, bitch, you don't have to do everything, you know, because so many um, social media people do music and the music is trash and I don't need to do that. You know, I can focus on other things rather than doing everything, but everything mediocre. Mm. So no. Well, you do everything at the absolute peak. It's been an incredible pleasure to have you in the studio today. I know so many of my friends are waiting in bated breath to hear what it was like to meet Dehoopsha. I even had a friend come up to me at a party on Sunday and was like, are they always in character? So uh, with the next couple of weeks being very busy in Berlin, I hope to see you out there inspiring all the children and all the old old queens and, and anyone in between. What you do is incredibly fearless, especially on your lives handling it with grace and as a natural born performer. <laughs> Thanks for so much for joining us in the studio today. Thank you so much for inviting me. It was a pleasure. But now let's dive into the other headlines that mattered this week. It goes like nah, nah, nah. Speaking of Instagram, one of the queens of the platform, Peggy Goo, has a new song all over the net. It goes like, na So are you among the many who can't get this song out of their head? I mean, by now we know the deal. The best way to treat a song that's stuck in your head is to listen to it in its entirety. And now after weeks of bubbling on social, you finally can. It's been a couple of years since Peggy Goo dropped a new anthem. So it's fitting that when the na 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 chorus started getting teased in her DJ sets, that it would make her rabid fan base of Peggers, that might need a workshop, ready to give it a big boost. The song got released on London's renowned XL Recordings, and to celebrate, they hosted a massive surprise merch drop slash performance slash photo op with Peggy Goo and backup dancers last Thursday in Soho Square. And there, the crowd was chanting along and doing the awkwardly simple and slightly dated hand gesture adjoining TikTok dance. Maybe they should hire Dehoopsha next time. 
Enter the 2010s time machine. So, who set the hot tub time machine into traveling back towards the 2010s? Yeah, that movie came out in 2010. It seems like everywhere we scroll nowadays, there's yet another reminder of the era of flower headpans and millennial pink shirts. There was even a book on Bloghouse that came out a year ago or so. But it really came to a head when Nia Archives dropped her hectic summer single Off With Ya Heads, which is a jungle-inspired cover of the Ya yeah, Ya yeah, Ya's Heads Will Roll. Now, arguably the most 2010 electronic music duo from the French Ed Banger label have also returned from the 2010s. Justice announced that they'll be returning in 2024 with a new tour and album, their first since 2016. And if that doesn't have you convinced, Crookers released a new single last week, and this past Sunday, DJ Peach went B2B with too many DJs and Tiga at Sonar Festival, while at the same time there was a secret surprise B2B of Skrillex and Boys Noise in Berlin. My Hype Machine browser tab is open and my SoulSeek is up and running, so bring it on. Can you afford a pop star at your private party? I just read an article in The New Yorker about what it takes to book pop stars for a private party, and it's kind of got me thinking, can I afford to book Saucy Santana and the City Girls by my 40th birthday? The article I'm talking about was written by Evan Osnos, and it outlines the evolution of what's called privates, where stars as big as Beyonce might play your wedding if you cough up enough cash. And that's not just a random name. Beyonce really did sing at the wedding of the daughter of one of India's richest men. And remember Flo Rida? He gets a lot of attention in the article for playing everything from a 13-year-old's bar mitzvah to a private equity firm's party. The sky's the limit with these bookings as long as the price is right. Katy Perry, Diana Ross, Maroon 5, oof. Paul McCartney, Elton John, and the Black Eyed Peas, they all have been known to play these events. And many are willing to play under, shall we say, questionable circumstances. Like Mariah Carey for a dictator in Libya, or Jennifer Lopez for another dictator in Turkmenistan, or Nicki Minaj for yet another dictator in Angola. The article says it's the result of a lot of different influences, even the biggest artists earning less from touring and streaming overall. Eyeing an easy payday, not being as fussy about taking corporate gigs, and the simple fact that there are more billionaires than ever with money to burn. But basically, it seems like the cost of living crisis isn't going to be hitting this specific circuit anytime soon, and the New Yorker story has even more funny details about what goes on behind the curtain with these bookings, so make sure to check it out in the show notes. Your first festival for free. A British organization called the Association of Independent Festivals has just launched a crowdfunding campaign called First Festival. They're trying to raise £100,000 to subsidize the cost of tickets to 27 different UK music festivals for anyone who turned 18 during the pandemic. The association claims these young people have been shut out of events due to various lockdowns and the double whammy of skyrocketing prices and a cost of living crisis. So they want to give them access to the pivotal cultural moments that festivals provide. Pivotal moments at festivals uh, could be a massive main stage set or the sheer shock of your first festival portaloo, but I guess they're transformative all the same. And the intention here is not so different from initiatives in cities like Berlin. There, the youth culture card gives teens and young adults the option to spend government money on club entrance fees 
or like similar efforts in places like France and Spain. But those are all publicly funded and not just crowdfunded. So let's see if the first festival hits its target and inspires something larger. So we are rearing the end of our episode, which means it's time to hand over the mic to an artist, DJ, or expert to share something we should be listening to. This week's rec comes from Mikhail Stangl. He was here in the studio with us last week to talk about the Apple Vision Pro and about what the future of online raving may or may not look like. And he told me what his guilty pleasure record was. Hi, my name is Mikhail Stangl, a.k.a. Opium Hum. And my guilty pleasure record, and I'm somewhat embarrassed to admit it, is... Traveling Without Moving by Jamiroquai. It is the one album that I put on when I am, let's say, in emotional distress. And like no other music on the planet, it manages to pick me up and to put me into a state where I can cope with things. So, yeah, somewhat embarrassing just because the singer is a bit of a distasteful character. But I cannot let go of that album for now what is probably nearly 30 years. Thanks, Mikhail. As always, check the show notes for the links. So that's all for the week this week. Thank you for locking in. I'll be here next Thursday. Take care and remember to stop scrolling. The Week is a production by Telecom Electronic Beats and ACB Stories. 